Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. This is the place where you'll find real conversations with real sales leaders about how you can leverage sales technology to get ahead of the pack. Improve your sales numbers by taking advantage of emerging technology before your competitors get there first. They'll share everything from the trends they're seeing in the marketplace to actionable strategies that you can use to make more sales today. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen. And on. Here's your host, Morgan Williams. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Williams. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing Michael Greenberg, CEO of Call for Content, a podcast agency that helps businesses generate revenue using podcasting. Growing businesses through authority, marketing, podcast monetization, and audience growth. The podcasting industry has been growing at an explosive rate, and the trend shows no signs of slowing down. In the U.S. alone, there are approximately 103 million podcast listeners every week at the time of this recording. Why are podcasts becoming so popular? Because they're portable and easy to consume. You can listen whenever you want, wherever you are, driving, working out, or even at work. In fact, 87% of podcast listeners consume more than an hour Per week. Call for Content helps you tap into this growing opportunity with strategies that get you in the ears of your ideal audience. Grow your business and share your ideas with the world. Podcasting isn't going anywhere and it's not just a fad, it's here to stay. And the value of a podcast grows over time. So the sooner you start, the sooner you see results. Michael, it's a pleasure to have you on the show to discuss a topic near and dear to my heart. Really interested to dig into this with you and to get started. How are you doing today? I'm doing excellent. After that introduction, you sell my business better than I do. <laughs> I've done it a few times. I've read <laughs> off the thing. <laughs> but I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'm trying. So yeah, let's hear about your background and how it's led to what you're doing in, in a really rapidly growing kind of industry here with uh, podcasts. Yeah. I come from startup land. Um Dropped out of college, went to a coding boot camp, raised a little over a million, got a few clients, left the company. Company didn't last, didn't make any money off of it, but used that experience to leverage our career in B2B growth strategy consulting. Did that for a few years. And along the way, I started really enjoying working with agencies as clients. And I really like that model. I saw that there was money to be made there. And I like the margins that B2B services provided. Mm -hmm. And then I got a contract with a B2B podcast network. Mm. And they contracted me to do growth strategy. It turned out that they were a network and their model was the same as an agency. They were a production company. That's really how they made money. And when I saw that, I was like, look, guys, 
you can choose one or the other. But if you keep trying to do both, the business is not going to grow the way you want it to. They chose to keep doing both. So I got the business plan for expanding it. And that turned into call for content. Awesome. Can you expand on that part you mentioned about they were kind of doing both sides? Um, Yeah. So they made all of their money in production. Somebody would come to them and say, hey, I want a show on your network or I want a studio with your network and I'm going to sponsor it. Here's cash. Hmm. And they would make sure that they fit with the brand. But at the end of the day, it was really pay for us to handle all of your production needs. And the cost of production was going down over time. So that wasn't a long-term sustainable model in my mind. Mm -hmm. I thought that the best opportunity was to take the studio model that they had developed and it was locally focused and driven on local lead gen for local businesses. Mm. It worked. Really what they just needed to do was stamp it out in every city and middle market in the U.S. that they could. Mm -hmm. If they did that, they could not spend any time building the brand as a media network or trying to grow the audience. That would be the responsibility of the individual studio owners. Mm. And that divide forced them into a position where they had to reinvest more heavily into other parts that took away from the profit center. Gotcha. So just kind of going in two different directions. They needed to pick one. Yeah. It wasn't that you can't do both. It's that you have to do one, then the other. Makes sense. Makes sense. Other than that, you mentioned local legion, like doing that with a podcast. I just feel like, especially with podcasting, like there's so much opportunity in the niches. We were talking about that a little bit before we started recording, right? The a ton of opportunity lies because the podcast landscape is, it's pretty wide open right now. And just, I'm curious, you, you know, you deal with podcasts every day, use them to drive revenue. What are the podcasts, the B2B podcasts that are winning and really leveraging the right, the companies that are leveraging the right, right way? What are they doing to win? The number one way to leverage a podcast is to use it to get in conversation with those people who would not give your sales team the time of day. Mm. And to do that, not just for sales, but for biz dev, for channel partners, for referral partnerships, for content partnerships, and to use the podcast as a targeted networking tool, as a builder of social capital. Gotcha. It's funny you mentioned that. Years ago, I did something similar. I kind of just like was experimenting with it. And it's pretty similar. I did the same thing. I was reaching out to, I was working in cybersecurity and reaching out to CTOs, CIOs, chief information security officers who are like notoriously like cybersecurity is tough to prospect in for a number of different reasons, but it's just tough and they don't really give you a time of day. Typical sales outreach wasn't working, but when I said like, hey, I'm writing a guest post article for this website, can I get your quote? You know, it was like, boom, night and day. They're like, sure, you know, especially the ones who were like, you know, you could tell they're posting things on LinkedIn, Medium, like the big and the thought leadership, they wanted recognition. 
how was that that you mentioned, like getting to those conversation with maybe those bigger fish or those people who won't talk to your salespeople? What does that kind of high level strategy look like for like account entry? Yeah. So the way I like to go about it for, and I'm going to start with the ultra low budget option and then start layering everything in. And so the lowest cost option is you look at your lead list. You say, okay, this is one industry where I've got anywhere from 100 to 10,000 potential addressable market. I am going to create a show to interview them. Mm-hmm. So you've got a few different easy show topics you can go with. One is talking with industry leaders. Two is talking with up-and-comers in the industry. And three is talking about industry trends. And in every single case, you're then looking at, okay, what is something interesting going on right now? Let's find four or five people who are talking about it or who could talk about it. Let's reach out to them all and invite them on. And we're going to get a series of episodes on that topic. That is the simple easy way to do it. That's something you can get started for, you know, under a thousand dollars for the year. Mm -hmm. Nice. If you want to go up a level from that though, then LinkedIn ads and LinkedIn just dropped conversation ads a couple weeks ago. They are fascinating because they actually give you a podcast promotion option built Uh. into the ads. So it's a template that they've pre-made for you. Interesting. LinkedIn ads, conversation, I mean. So I only use two kinds of LinkedIn ads. Okay. Conversation and sponsored in-mail. And they're both LinkedIn messaging ads. Mm -hmm. It's like taking in-mail, but instead of buying individual credits, doing it as a bulk mailer. Okay. (laughs) What I was going to mention about LinkedIn ads was, I feel like there's a lot of stereotypes about it, like, oh, it's too expensive. But I feel like few people are actually doing it and using it. More people talk about it. So you obviously using it. What are some like myths about LinkedIn ads? I'm just curious. Yeah, we're in coronavirus time as we're recording this, Mm -hmm. which LinkedIn ads are the very cheapest I have ever seen them. Really? I'm paying 20 cents per send Mm. for in-mail. I'm pretty sure it costs more than that to buy credits. Yeah. <laughs> like with the sales plan. <laughs> Ads are at an all-time low in cost. Mm. If you want to do LinkedIn for Legion effectively, you do probably need at least like 10k in ad spend. Mm-hmm. If you want to use it for like a drip or just to get your name out there, though I have two campaigns running right now that are on $10 a day each. And gotcha. You know, that's Facebook spend levels. Mm -hmm. So LinkedIn has really become more accessible and the level of targeting and qualification that they allow you to do with demographics and firmographics, Mm -hmm. where I can only target the owners of companies with more than 20 employees, that's a level of granularity you don't see on other platforms. Mm -hmm. And it's worth paying for even in the more expensive times. In my sure. opinion. Absolutely. 
I want to ask a question about pod. He meant like, cause we were kind of talking about pod advertising and I'm curious about podcast advertising. Like I have spoken with a few people on it who've seen really good results with advertising podcasts. And I'm just curious, what has your experience been with that? Even if you, if you have experience too, with like buying ads on other podcasts, you know, to promote a podcast, like I'm interested to hear about that too. Yes. So long and short, ads do work for podcasts, especially if you've got a show that is interesting. Um, Promoting specific episodes to specific audiences Mm. is something we've seen work particularly well. Nice. Buying sponsorship on other shows to buy their audience, in essence, is an excellent way to go about it. Um, The best deals are still with independent shows. Because many of them haven't monetized, you can play with the numbers a bit more. Mm-hmm. The bigger the show, you're going to see good results still, but the cost of going into some of those markets isn't worth it unless you've really got a direct way to monetize. Gotcha. And what are like the what types of CPMs are you seeing with podcast advertising? Yeah. So that's really going to depend on the reads but and on the audience we've seen so we have seen shows with under a thousand audience on an episode say 800 downloads per episode Mm -hmm. but with a mid to high value b2b market we've seen those shows get a few hundred dollars per episode Mm. and they can pretty consistently get five to eight hundred a month if they're publishing weekly and if they have some sort of proven track record of engagement from sponsorship or from other shout outs. Gotcha. That track record of engagement is huge. Once a show's active, once it's sold sponsorship, people want to know if it worked. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm investing in this show. Is their audience taking action? Absolutely. I want to get back to this, like the sales piece with business leveraging a podcast for direct sales. Um, kind of get back to the sales team approach or how they're leveraging the podcast. You know, we talked about how to position a show and interview based. And if you're talking about talking with industry leaders, up and comers, industry trends, right? Some kind of big topics there. What is the, and it's probably a little bit different with each opportunity but what does that kind of transition look like from like hey you know we're having a conversation on the podcast how do you move that into the sales funnel yeah so depending on the type of client and the type of show in an ideal world you're able to ask a couple prospecting questions on air ask about Mm -hmm. some of their future plans perhaps or ask you know hey are you seeing this as a major trend this being something adjacent to or directly related to the thing you sell. Mm -hmm. You use the actual interview itself to start scratching that itch. You get three distinct touch points surrounding a show. So you always want to do a pre-interview call with this. And that gives you the opportunity to just start building rapport beforehand. Then you have the actual interview and the interview you can divide into three distinct portions as 
before the show starts, you've got some green room chatter afterwards is a second chance for that green room and to potentially actually make the lunge and make the next step into sales or something else like that. And then the actual interview itself. And so depending on the interview, you know whether or not it's right to really make that ask and make the lunge directly after. But you've still got one more follow-up because now you're going to post the episode and it's going to go live and you're going to promote it. And then you have a follow-up every single time you promote the episode again. Uh. What this allows you to do is start building a network of people who know you as the guy with this podcast in this industry. And I'm a big fan of LinkedIn, if that isn't clear at this point. (laughs) And I would take those episodes, chop them up on Headliner, maybe use Canva to make a couple quote posts and make sure that you have a steady drip of content from each episode. And so you've got multiple touch points built in around the actual engagement and then an almost infinite level of follow-up. Now, the real kicker is the round table. That's when you invite back your best guests to discuss an even more targeted topic on air together. And that's when you get to make introductions. And maybe you bring a happy client as a case study in, as an allied guest Mm. for part of that episode. And then you've got two other potential leads on. And so now you're in conversation. Wow, that's like three-dimensional chess right there. I mean, <laughs> that's that's why you hire an agency to pull it off. Yeah, that is. As you were talking about that, I was just thinking about so many different things you could do with that. I mean, I mean, the cool thing about podcasts is that the more you publish consistently, like just like you you keep building brick by brick by brick, just a show with like more not necessarily clout, but more like, you know, you look at a podcast, like, wow, you know, they got, you know, 30, 40 shows, 50 shows, a hundred shows, like that's something. And you've got, if you're bringing in people in the industry and they start seeing, you ask someone like, Hey, you want to be on my podcast? They start going through and see people that they know in their industry. That's even like more affirming, like, okay, yeah, I actually probably do need to be on this. Why haven't I been on the show yet? All these people are on the show. So would you suggest like, someone do this with like, you know, let's say 80, 20, right. They've got, you know, 80% of their prospects they're doing regular outreach with. And then like that top 20%, they're trying to hit with something like this, something. uh, Yeah. I guess. The rule that we generally recommend is you want to develop the podcast. If you're doing a LinkedIn search and you've got sales navigator where you can actually see how many people show up from a search, Mm -hmm. with advanced lead filtering, then we look for an audience size of 10,000 or less. Okay. And we want it to be above 1,000. So that way it's big enough that if we want to run ads to promote the show, we can build a custom audience of all of their emails and just promote with that. Awesome. 
Got it. And one thing I want to ask too is about, you know, just getting about, you know, the outreach to get guests for the show. Me personally, guest posts or not guest posts outreach, like guest podcast outreach for people to be, be a guest on the show is like infinitely easier than any sales outreach you're going to do. Um, yeah. It's still pretty new and novel. I usually just hit people up and say, Hey, you know, I want to join the show. Here's a link. And then, you know, people are up for it. They book on the calendar and we get rolling. Is there anything like interesting strategies or interesting approaches to like outreach to get on the show that you can share? To get guests on the show or to get on other people's shows? Uh, Actually, I want to hear both, but I meant get on to get people on your show. So let's start with that one. Yeah. So to get people on your show, I think the more personalized the message, the better Mm. and hitting them up across multiple channels. So email and social and multiple social channels Mm -hmm. shows that you really want to have them on. That being said, it also makes you look desperate. So Mm -hmm. make sure when you're doing that, you have like a pre-written show plan where you're like, this is two other people that I've had on who are like you. Mm -hmm. And this is the outline of the episode I want to do with you because you're so specifically awesome. I can't think of somebody else who would be a potential fit. Gotcha. That's really the key. Also, if you ask somebody in person, they almost never say no. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Good point. Conferences when they're back. Great Mm -hmm. time to rack up guests. Ask all the speakers. You don't even have to go to the conference. You can just look up the speakers and then say, hey, I saw you at this and thought you were great. Would you come on my podcast? (laughs) That's true. You immediately build that context. Yeah, absolutely. It's relevant. What about for getting on someone else's podcast? Yeah, for getting on other people's. The favorite way we like to go about it and we cover this in depth in the podcast guest playbook mm-hmm. on our website, is to look and follow a guest who is already appearing on a lot of shows, mm-hmm. but talking about what you do, but just not quite as well, mm-hmm. or in a slightly different way, and then following in their wake and pitching as, hey, this person talked about this, but... I do it like this and this is why that's a better way. Mm. And so yeah. for like for me it works really well because podcasts are a fresh take on content marketing. Mm-hmm. It's a really mm. simple see look to see how it crosses over and there's tons of people talking about content marketing. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to ask too about promotion. We talked about paid promotion, organic promotion. Personally, I've seen that appearing on other podcasts works well for getting attention to yours. Anything that you see works well too, or or if you want to expand on that? I mean, that works very well. That's probably the best way we see. Mm -hmm. Ads are definitely number two for us. Okay. And I put sponsorships in the same category of things we pay money to get in front of other people's audiences for. When you look at things outside of that, we then look to contests and partnerships 
where we can take the podcast's brand and audience and link it up with some other people's mm. who are maybe not doing podcasts. Gotcha. So get a media company involved if we can, or get a few software providers, put together a package, something mm. like that. Nice. I like that. I like that a lot. I do want to ask to call for content. Tell us about who is the ideal customer? Who do you help the most? I'd love to hear more details on what you guys do and how you help. Yeah, of course. We work with brands, experts, and podcasts. And when I say podcasts, I mean podcasters and networks. And we help them develop, grow, and monetize audiences using podcasting. So we definitely prefer to work with B2B. We love B2B brands. We love expert-run businesses and service businesses and B2B SaaS. And we help them make shows that make money. They might not get a big audience. In fact, a lot of the shows that we make have under a 1,000 listeners Mm. because they're going after ROI and they're going after content creation and they're going after lead gen and listenership doesn't always translate into that. Mm. Especially in B2B, right? Cause you got that smaller audience. I mean, yeah, if 200,000 people are listening in B2B, it's probably not worth buying. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> True. Yeah. I mean, how many C-level prospects do you need? to listen to your podcast for it to be worth it. One, Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, maybe like one, you don't even need C now, but C level. What's that? One a year to convert to sale. (laughs) Right. I mean, the field's wide open and B2B it's even more wide open. And it's like, you never know who's listening. I've had people hit me up, email me who are big podcasters in sales like, hey, like either like uh, I want to hop on the show or you want to call on my show. I'm like, really? You listen to my, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? I've had mine going for like, you know, 13 months, but there's some that are, you know, there's other ones are much larger, but it's just you never know who's listening and you'd be surprised. Yeah. I think that's the real secret of podcasting. Mm-hmm. For sure. Michael, it's been great to have you on to chat about this topic I'm really interested in, of course. And I think, you know, people are going to be kicking themselves a few years from now for not getting into podcasting. I think it's like going to be like blogging in the early 2000s, right? Facebook in the early 2010s, right? I feel like it's really just that channel that's a sleeping giant that's awakening right now, for sure. Couldn't agree more. Awesome. Where can people get in touch with you if they're interested in working with you or something you mentioned on the show today? Callforcontent.com, C-A-L-L-F-O-R-C-O-N-T-E-N-T.com. And if you go to slash playbooks, you'll find our guides that walk through how to do all this stuff. And if you go to slash masterclass, you will find a sign-up for the live masterclass that I am running because I couldn't make it a paid course during coronavirus pandemic. Nice. Love it. Love offering that value. That's callforcontent.com slash masterclass to sign up.
Awesome. Well, once again, Michael, pleasure having you on. You have a great rest of your day. I appreciate it. You too. Yep. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. If you love what you heard, be sure to head back to morgandwilliams.com and go over to the podcast page for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on the next value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and make sure to take action.